At home, turn us up. In your car, turn us on. At work, tell others about Talking with Ms. T, the talk show that's giving you trending topics, noted news, interesting interviews, community updates, and so much more. It continues right now. Ms. T. She'll do the talking. All you got to do is be a good listener. Greetings and good cheer. We're glad you're here for the show designed with you in mind. We're packing the facts and we're clear and sincere while we bring you the best of trending news, hot topics, interesting interviews, music, and much more. It's August 10th, and if today is your birthday, you share it with your birthday mates, Michael Bibbins of New Edition, comedian Ricky Smiley, former heavyweight champion Riddick Bowe, R&B singer Aaron Hall, and singer Patty Austin. Today on the national calendar is National Book Lovers Day. On this date in history, Carl Lewis in the 1984 Summer Games matches Jesse Owens' record from 1936 by winning four gold medals in the Olympics. And Colin Powell was named chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, which is the top U.S. military position. The theme this month is good trouble. Last week, I shared my thoughts about getting into good trouble. John Lewis said we must find a way to get in trouble, good trouble, necessary trouble. There are times when we have to make a fuss. There are times when we have to get attention. There are times when we have to raise ourselves against the wind and resist injustice, inequities, inequality, racism, police brutality, discrimination, exclusion, and oppression. This week, we want to encourage you to get in some good trouble in the fight against systemic racism. Systems which are in place that give permission for discrimination and oppression to occur. We must call out systemic racism and insist reform of policies, procedures, protocols, habits, or whatever gets in the way of equal opportunities for all. These systems must be dismantled. The evidence cannot be erased. The lines that divide are present and diminish progress toward equality and equity. We have been awakened to some harsh realities, but when we know better, we should do better. Business owners, church leaders, entrepreneurs, why not build your brand on Talking With T, your urban talk show designed to engage, educate, empower, and encourage. Call today, 865-409-1170 for more details or visit TalkingWithT.com. We are currently accepting sponsors and releasing advertising spots. Let us help you reach more people and promote your brand, service, or product. I'm always looking to share and highlight music from rising artists and look forward to more submissions for T's Top Teens and Hometown Heroes. We want to hear from you. Let your voice be heard on Talking With T. Do you have a point of view, story to tell, or some tea to spill? Give us a call on our top line. That's 865-409-1170. Keep it where it's at after we hear this track is trending news and hot topics. You know, us being us be a sunshine hurricane sometimes. Such a chaotic light. Us be cool. Us being us being the 
sunset Me dark horizon Us be a dawn A slow warm rising Into a hard orange Soft yellow Exit to a bright sky Blue you Coke Me an aged Hennessy Us be an expensive drink Sipped slow from glass Crafted by the hands Of a man who has never known either Us be rarity Us be cool You Beautiful bass line Me Melody in the key of easy Us must be a classic song. in the show where we review trending news and today i have none other than our know-it-all professor jay and our top investigator most often instigator pi pam now before we get started i want to share with you why i have labeled our beloved jay as professor jay and also call him a know-it-all we want to congratulate him on yet another degree and I can't keep up with all the letters. So, Jay, if you let us know quickly of uh, the degrees you have and your most recent. <laughs> well, I'll just I'll just leave it at the most recent. I was blessed. No, that's not what I asked, sir. Sir, would you I, let us know all the degrees you have ending with the most recent? Okay. All right. All right. So let me be obedient. Thank you. All right, Bachelor of Arts in English from the University of Tennessee, Knoxville. Master of Science in Education, Educational Theory and Practice from Arkansas State University, Jonesboro. A Doctorate of Education in Teaching and Learning from Arkansas University. And, of this, and as of this past Saturday, a Master of Science in Leadership and Policy Studies from the University of Memphis. All right. So, again, we All want right. to celebrate and congratulate you. Now you gonna add any more letters? I think I'm through. You think? I, I, I think I'm, I think I'm through. But you know, anybody who knows me for real, for real, that is subject to change. Yeah. All right. But I think, as of right now, I'm through. Well, at least take a little rest. <laughs> small rest. A small one. Small rest. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see what we have from the news this past week. Knox County Schools, they've delayed their start for students another week to allow more time to prepare. And we saw schools that 
have turned into these hot spots as pictures of crowded hallways spread across the media. 97,000 children have tested positive. We also read that the U.S. hit the 5 million mark as far as coronavirus cases. While actually Knox County reported a 50% drop in hospitalizations related to COVID. So what do y'all think? You know, are we doing enough to get over this thing? Do you think people are starting to take it seriously? Or I read they had this lady, she tested positive and she went on to get her a manicure saying she was in desperate need. I've heard that people are giving fake information at the health department so they can't do the contact tracing. And I know it's a lot to deal with, but where are we with this thing? Long time. Oh, so early in the show. Well, I mean, when you're inundated with infection numbers and cases in your area, not just your area, but across the United States, Mm -hmm. it's a lot to deal with. Um, I was asked earlier if people in my area were taking it seriously. And I said, well, to be perfectly honest, we are one of the hot spots in Tennessee. People are wearing masks for what, for a large part of what I've seen. However, you know, you have those pockets of people who aren't wearing them at all or who aren't wearing the masks appropriately. The mask is supposed to cover your nose. People are Uh still having parties. People are still going to clubs. It just, I guess it just depends on what day it is and what phase the moon is in. But this thing is serious. (laughs) And as I said on last week's show, as someone who's had a family member and friends who have recovered from the virus, and as someone who knows people who are currently on ventilators and who are fighting for their lives with this virus, it's not something to be sniffed at or something to be cast aside because, as we've seen, the virus affects everybody differently. You know, mm-hmm. you've got people who are walking around who are infected, who are asymptomatic, and you have people who are literally on the verge of making their transition because of this virus. I agree with Jay. Um, People aren't taking it serious at all because I went to a convenience store and on the door it distinctly says masks are required to get in. So I'm already in the store and a couple comes in and they come in without a mask. So I said, did you see the sign that says masks are required? And I asked the worker, I said, are you going to service them? They don't have a mask on. And he said, uh, yes. And then the man that was with the young lady, he said, it's not a law. I said, it's not a law, but it says required. And then he said, I spit on you. Huh? Yes. And I said. One story to What would you say, Jay? Say it again for the people in the back. Flow singing and flower bringing. I told him, if you spit on me, that'll be the last spit you ever, ever do. And I said, Lord, let me leave because it was a nice Sunday afternoon. And I said, let me go so I won't have to go to jail. But the worker, he wasn't backing me up or nothing. And I put it 
in our Knoxville Mask Up group, too. The Map Co. on Asheville Highway next to the Waffle House. I'm going to make sure I call them tomorrow, too. Okay. So I've seen, Pam, the same thing. Going in the stores, I'm trying to do my part to protect others and hopefully slow this thing down, yet I'll see people coming in without masks, coughing, singing, spewing spit, or whatever, these little molecules that are floating through the air. And most places at this point have a sign, but they're not enforcing it. And I've asked, you know, workers as well, and they said, well, we can't make them. And I understand that some customers get irate. And a lot of people are scared to approach them about wearing their mask. So I feel you on that. I I don't know what to say. Well, uh, turning our attention actually in a different direction, I saw a story on CNN. I'm not sure what to think about this. The Louisiana Supreme Court denied the request of Fairwing Bryant to have his sentence overturned. He's now 63. And in 1997, he was convicted of attempted burglary. His attorney describes his sentence as unconstitutionally harsh and excessive. The sentence was actually life in prison. So he got the sentence under the habitual offender law. So let me give you a little history. He attempted armed robbery in 1979. In 1987, possession of stolen items and attempted forgery of a check for $150, as well as burglary of an inhabited dwelling in 1992. And then the final crime that landed him in prison now with the life in prison sentence was his failed attempt at stealing a pair of hedge clippers, a $10 pair of clippers. So I get that he can be considered a habitual criminal, but life in prison somehow still seems harsh. But then what are some options for somebody like this? Well, um, I, too, checked the record, if you will, and found a lot of the same information that you did as far as his criminal history. And for me, the crimes seem sufficiently spaced out, and I don't necessarily want to use the word sufficiently, but that's the only word that comes to mind here. And mm-hmm. For someone who steals, whose ultimate crime is stealing a pair of hedge clippers, I hardly believe that even with his history, that this merits life in prison. I would say that there are probably some underlying things going on that, you know, perhaps with rehabilitation, you know, maybe sitting down and talking to him about why he does what he does, if such a thing is possible, that there we might be able to get to the root cause. But I think life in prison is a little harsh. Well, Jay, the root cause is he's a thief. Now he's a thief. I get I get what you're saying, but so yeah, so that brings us to the point. Is life in prison an appropriate consequence for someone who's a habitual thief. And like you said, though, it is spaced out. I mean, some of these things are five to ten years apart. I don't know. As I said, I hardly think that life in prison would be appropriate for this particular situation unless, you know, there are some things that have not been told or some things that we're not privy to. Okay. And I just want to know what kind of hedge clippers 
they were to warrant a life in prison. Well, they were $10 hedge clippers, but they're basically saying that the sentence was based on his previous history, you know, of these other crimes. And he was labeled under the habitual offender law. Yeah, and I can understand to that extent, because they do have the three-strike law, and once you get to that point, it does give you life in prison, no matter what what you do. No matter what? No matter what. You could mm. steal anything or do anything, but you're on your third strike, and it's, even if it's spaced out, which I don't think is right, because you could have been 10 years ago. His was kind of spaced out, but the point is, it's still on his record, and he still was committing the same thing. So it's showing that maybe they thought he wouldn't, you know, rehabilitize. Is that a word? I don't know, but we know what you mean. <laughs> Rehabilitation didn't work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, that works. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, listeners, we'd like for you to weigh in on this. You can leave your comments on TalkingWithT.com. Or call our talk line, that's 865-409-1170. But I have a couple of additional stories I want to talk to you about today. A week ago, there was an incident where a family went out for a girl's day out, went to get the nails done. This is in Denver. And while they were out looking for an open salon, they were stopped by the police, ordered at gunpoint to lie face down in a parking lot. Now, this includes four children ages 6 to 17. The 12-year-old and the 17-year-old were put in handcuffs. They were crying as the cops stood over them. And just the thought of that is kind of heartbreaking. And I bet they were scared to death. The Aurora police chief apologized and started an internal investigation. The police blamed it on a misunderstanding. Their license plate number on a stolen motorcycle matched the one of the family's SUV, which had been reported as stolen actually earlier that year. So I can understand the mix-up. I understand we're human. If they had a tag that matched a stolen tag, I could see them being pulled over for questioning or investigation. But what I can't understand, under any circumstance, is why you would have this six-year-old baby lying on the ground at gunpoint, knowing good and doggone well that if the car was stolen, that baby didn't have anything to do with it. Indeed. And as we were preparing for today's show, um, I also read that same story as well as the one that you posted on the Talking With T Facebook page. And mm-hmm. it seems as if our young people have become the latest victims of police brutality, which is really disheartening. Not that, you know, anyone of any age should be a victim, but you've got as we said before, children who are innocent and don't have anything to do with the supposed crime, but yet they right. are forced to encounter a lot of the same situations who uh, a lot of the same situations as someone who may have been guilty of that particular crime, you know, as you said. You've got these young people who have been forced to to lay down on the ground, put in handcuffs, who are calling for their parents, who said that they have not done anything. And legitimately, I don't think that 
there are too many cases where somebody who is 6, 13, 12, 14 mm-hmm. would be actually guilty of stealing a whole car. All right. When they were looking for the caller, per se, the tag number was for a motorcycle. So they, I'm pretty sure when they give you the tag number, they say it's a description of said vehicle that they're looking for. They were supposed to be looking for a motorcycle instead of a car. It's just, it makes no sense. Someone dropped the ball on that, and then for them to handcuff them babies and them babies crying like that, I couldn't have been the officer of the law because that would have never been okay to me, working. Mm-hmm. Never. Never a protocol that would be okay. Right. Like, I don't understand the policy that allows it. So, along the same lines as this story, there were five kids coming back from Walmart. Now, here's the thing we have to separate. In this first story, there were kids. This story involves kids. Um, but with a lot of the stories, when we have questionable actions of police, our thought is you cannot issue a consequence and sentence on the spot. Like, you have to use some judgment, some training, some sense when you are dealing with people, period. When you're dealing with people, period, right? So this particular story, the kids were ages 16, 15, 14, 12, and 9. And I don't care if they were supposed to be out in the car or whatever. But they're 16, 15, 14, 12, and 9. The police turned the lights to pull them over. They're close to home. So the older kids told the younger ones to run home and get their dad. So the kids get out and started running home. But the officers start shooting at them. Then multiple shots were fired at the car with the 16 and 15-year-olds still inside. Of course, the parents come out. They see the three youngest children running towards them, gunshots coming behind them. Of course, they start pleading with the officers not to shoot their children. Another heartbreaking scene. I can't imagine what was going through the minds of the parents. It's just horrific, really. And this could have gone terribly wrong. So the local NAACP chapter is asking for body camera and dash camera footage to be released. Now, you do see that the 15-year-old is sitting in the police car, has blood on his face. He said that he had his hands up, but the officer hit him in the eye with his gun and that another officer tasted him in the back. The two older boys were taken to the police station and held for hours. And I'm curious to learn more about this story because the two teens are facing several charges. So I'm not saying they're totally innocent in this. But I don't think it, it was handled appropriately. Again, you had the, the kids running. Clearly, you can see their kids. And if you're running away, that means their backs were to the officers. But the 15-year-old has been charged with felony obstruction of an officer and attempting to remove a firearm from an officer. The 16-year-old has been charged with possession of a handgun, reckless driving, driving without a license, and a stop sign violation. So all that might be true. But why were they shooting at the younger kids that were running away? And then you really can't blame kids for being afraid right now during this time and wanting to run home. Right. Because, I mean, I would think, again, you know, in this type of situation, as a young person, I would want my parent or guardian, you know, just for the sake of security. Yes. Especially if I know that I've not done anything wrong. 
Right. And so let's say, okay, it's five kids. Let's say the two older ones, maybe they did, you know, maybe they did something. I'm not sure. Maybe it's questionable. What do we teach our kids about that, you know, association? Or one of the things that we try to say is don't give them a reason. So our first attack against police brutality, against these encounters, is not to give them a reason, not to give them a reason to stop you, pull you over, or anything. So we want to make sure that your character and your actions are above board, okay? But we also know that we're all human, and humans make mistakes. But what do we teach our children to avoid this? Hmm. I don't know. Um, The relationship between our youth and the police is not very good, especially during these times. Like you said, you can see why they they ran. Um, I've heard several young men say, you know, if I, you know, stay there and I do everything they tell me to do, there's a possibility that I could get shot and killed. If I run from them, there's a possibility I could get shot and killed. So it's no difference to them at this mm. point. And okay. that's, that, that's sad to even think that they view it like that. Right. I mean, my son was going to the mall, and he's of age where he doesn't want me to walk around with him. And I had to give him all of these rules and I was just so stressed out, you know, about making sure people see you. Don't be somewhere by yourself. Make sure you don't have your hands in your pockets if you're in a store. Um, make sure you're not disruptive. Make sure you're mannerable. You know, just make sure you have a receipt for everything you purchase. It was just this long list, and I'm like, wow, this is so exhausting trying to protect our, our children. Indeed it is. the world we live in right now. All right. Well, we will continue conversations. We will continue to create opportunities for understanding and discussion as we tackle COVID, as we tackle the cops, as we tackle civil unrest. And again, listeners, we would like to hear from you. We would like for you to join our Facebook group, The Tea Room. Again, you can call our talk line. That's 865-409-1170. Or leave comments on talkingwithtea.com. So that's it for this bit. And I can't wait to hear what the two of you have to say next week. And I can't wait to tell it. Thank you. I say it. Well, once again, we've come to the end. But be reminded, you can call in with thoughts or opinions to 865-409-1170. You can also leave comments on talkingwithtea.com. In the meantime and in between time, engage with us on social media and join our Facebook group, The Tea Room. Stay on top of things by subscribing to Talking With Tea Daily, our online scoop of trending news to find out what we're talking about. Thank you for tuning in to Talking With Tea, your urban talk show. The show designed with you in mind. And we would love to connect with you right now on social media. All things Talking With Tea. And you can listen to the show 24-7, 365 on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. Now on that note, tea will end with a quote. Either you deal with what is the reality or you can be sure that the reality is going to deal with you, Alex Haley. Remember where you heard the word, keep being kind until next time. You've been listening to Talking With Tea.